0: Before we get going with our podcast, we'd like to take this opportunity to give Bingetown TV's first sponsor, Riverside, another huge shout out. We've been doing this podcast for the last four years, and we could never seem to find the perfect recording and editing software that fit all of our content creation needs. That all ended after we discovered Riverside.fm, the best software we found for podcast recording. Riverside is an all-inclusive, one-stop shop that allows for professional-level content creation through top-of-the-class features such as video marketing, easy-to-create social media clips, webinars, and automatic transcriptions of the recordings. Another incredible feature of Riverside is local recording, which bypasses poor internet connection to create studio quality audio and video. Riverside even has an entire library of tutorials called Riverside University to assist in any way possible. If you're in the content creation business or even looking to upgrade your audio video software for more casual chats with your friends and family, Riverside is a must-have. You can try Riverside for free at Riverside.fm, and you can use the promo code BINSTOWNTV, one word, TV for 15% off. We will leave the link in the promo code in the show notes. Once again, that is riverside.fm and promo code TV for a discount. Thanks again to Riverside for being an amazing service for our podcast and for sponsoring this episode.
1: Today, we've got me, Kathleen, we've got Paul, Jimmy, and Luke, and the four of us are going to pick three-ish shows that we absolutely loved this year that dropped in 2023. It could be a second season or a third season. It doesn't have to be brand new content, but a season has to have dropped this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So to get it started, we're going to do a popcorn. Nobody knows the order. Nobody knows when anyone's going to pick. So we may steal from each other. And the first person that's going to go
2: is Luke. Oh, Lukey. <laughs> okay. I kind of wanted to go first because there were some hidden gems and I, I'm ready to talk about some of them. And the first one might surprise you guys because if you're familiar with our podcast at all, we're pretty much heavy into fantasy or sci-fi or anime, stuff like that. But this one is a little bit outside of our normal comfort zone. And we actually covered this in a one-off whole season mm-hmm. view. And I'm going to pick FX's The Bear. I'm
0: so and, happy you did it, Luke.
2: Okay, nice. I didn't I didn't know if you were going to guess that's where I was going. But I love this show. And... I'm picking this show because season two came out this year, and it's one of the lesser known networks compared to like Netflix. It's FX, right? So it's only dropping on Hulu. And the second season dropped this year, and it blew up. It took off. Season one, which came out a year or two ago, was did pretty well, but season two has taken off to the point where mainstream A-list actors are joining on. They want to be a part of this show. It's one of those types of shows that it's just the writing and the acting is so intense. And it's just something you want to be a part of. And season three starts filming, I think, uh, in the first quarter of next year, 2024. Yep. So it's a good time to jump in and catch up because season two was an absolute joy. This show is currently sitting at 99% critic, 92% audience for Rotten Tomatoes. So it's pretty universally loved. I don't think I've had many conversations of people who have seen this show that don't freaking love it it's just intense high energy great writing it's very very emotional and it's i'll get into the plot in a second but i just want to shout out some of the big actors on here just if they catch your ear this is a good reason to watch but it's headed by jeremy allen white who if you're familiar with shameless he's lip the brother and he's amazing in the show i think this show put him on the map i want to call him an a-lister a-lister almost at this point but besides him there's some studs in this cast we have like jamie lee curtis john Mullaney, john bernthal who plays shane from the walking dead or the punisher sarah paulson like these are people that saw season one loved it so much and wanted to be a part of this project for season two and this isn't your typical show where it's like hour-long episodes it's it's pretty quick like some of the episodes will be like 20 minutes so it's an easy watch you're going to be on the edge of your seat because it's just high tension the entire time. And, and what this show is about and why it's so high tension is because it's about the restaurant industry. And everybody knows that shit's crazy. It's one of the most high-stressed, high-tension places to work. And this show encapsulates it so much. And being somebody that never worked in the industry, this was like my only real genuine glimpse into what kind of pressure that they're dealing with on a daily basis. But man, this drama was fantastic. You get so attached to these characters. And... I think that this show could be like a solid four or five seasons depending on how like how long they want to make it. But right now like search the bear on any social media and you're just going to see praise and praise and praise. It was one of my favorite watches this year and we did me and two other hosts not on this podcast right now, we did cover the whole season 2 in just one like about hour and a half recording. So if you want to look at our binge town feed, you could see that recording. It was just three of us and it was a great time. We all pretty much gave it a 10 out of 10. So the bear Buy Hulu. That's my first recommendation.
1: I'm going to say just remember to take a Xanax before the -hmm. Christmas episode and you'll be okay for the season. (laughs) But yeah, great pick. Great, great uh, season.
3: Uh, Yeah. So if you were ever in the food industry, 100% PTSD. This is like Mm -hmm. so much anxiety watching it like just a regular episode. And you're saying exactly it's their day to day. Uh, me and my girlfriend had to just stop watching at points because we were watching before bed and we we're like, our heart rate is way up right now. <laughs> We've been there before. I hate it. So. Um, and I wasn't even that serious. And then I was like, I
0: can't even imagine. So
3: yeah, it's great. I loved it though. Everything about it and what Luke said, especially the characters, man.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you picked this, Luke. As soon as you started the intro, I was so happy because I was actually making my list and I knew I wasn't going to do it because I was hoping that you would, but I didn't want it to slip by and I was going to make sure it was an honorable mention because it has to be talked about for this year, 2023. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. So I guess we're ready to pass it along and I will give it to Kathleen next.
1: Oh, I wasn't expected to get it because I did the intro. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm um between two and which one to start with i'm just gonna start with the easy one which is succession season four i had to choose it it was probably my favorite thing i've watched all year 100 percent, no doubt and this may be the last time i get to talk about it on pod and until we do some sort of like juggernaut show episode So, you know, Succession, it was 97 critics for season four and 87 audience. I'm more on the critic side. I was I was up there, you know, Prestige TV, appointment TV. In season four, everything was amped up to a thousand. The writers were having an absolute field day with this. I mean, the zingers and everything to me they stuck the landing i'm guessing the 87 from the audience is because of the ending i'm not sure but i loved it so i'm on the 97 field um i miss it so much i'm gearing up for a rewatch in the new year so four seasons 10 episodes each and if anyone hasn't seen this i'm so jealous and yes jimmy geez
0: can't wait um
1: it's basically just the quick gist. Which honestly, the gist sounds boring. So it's the Roy family and their like media entertainment company, basically Amazon, but if it was even bigger, almost, uh, which sounds crazy, biggest in the world. These are the richest people in the world. They're just awful people. Logan Roy is the is the top dog. He created the company, and then his kids. So basically, the whole thing is if Logan Roy were to step down. Who's going to take over? And it's just cutthroat. It's savage. It's funny as hell. It's also really fucked up at points and really sad and devastating sometimes. So it's just really good drama TV. HBO, that was a crown jewel for them. And uh, just a week-to-week banger. We covered it on the podcast, me, Kyle, and my girlfriend, Alex. It was so fun. I really miss it. The three of us, like, really bonded over that show. That was just, Mm -hmm. like yeah friendship friendship for life because of that show so um that's my number one pick open it up to luke because i think you're the only one who watched it
2: right i watched it a little bit later than you i kind of started catching up as season four was really building all that hype and it was becoming like super super popular and and in Like anywhere you looked, uh, the acting was out of this world. That's just what I'll I'll say my favorite part about the show was. And this was one of the easier binges I ever did because I never saw a single episode before season four came out. And then when that was airing, I kind of caught up right around when the finale dropped. And it was one of the easiest binges I've done in a long time. Cool.
1: All right. Who am I going to throw it to? I'm going to throw it to James. What do you got, James?
0: Hold on real quick. Are you throwing it to me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) everyone's excited to hear from me (laughs) all right i'm gonna actually stick with the hbo topic here i want to do this hbo max streaming network the last of us we're going with the best video game adaptation of all time and you know there's not much competition there we know that there's been a lot of bad video game adaptations now live action the last of us is the top arcane i want to give them a shout they're not live action they need a shout but uh the last of us is a phenomenal show that came out this year it felt like hbo when it was coming out every single sunday it felt like prestige tv pedro pascal and bella ramsey killed it in their main character roles we kept talking about how we need pedro pascal pedro pascal however you want to say it to get Big movie deals. I don't know why he's not a huge movie actor. He's been in so much stuff and he's been praised so much. And guess what? Boom. He's going to be our Mr. Fantastic for the Marvel MCU. He deserves it. They adapted this video game perfectly in a way that people that played the video game can understand it, enjoy it, appreciate it. But then people who didn't play the video game, you don't need to have played to have a great time with this show. They do. Just fine, teaching you exactly what you need to know to enjoy this show. And Rotten Tomatoes, 96 critics, 89 audience, can't really beat that at all. But we're not going to do like this huge explanation, description of the show. Zombie apocalypse, that's all you need to know. And I'm sure that you guys already have seen some kind of marketing or commercial for it.
2: I'm just going to put this out there. If you are unfamiliar, this is one of the creepiest worst scenarios of zombies you'll ever see in your entire life. It's just horrifying. They're like fungus-based. It's gross. Like you don't want any part of this. And they're terrifying. And also shout out Melanie Linsky. Oh yeah. Shout out. And what was her even name? Though, even, even though people hate her in this show, but yeah they do. Yeah. <laughs> but She's what was her name? One. Uh Kathleen.
0: Oh, Kathleen. Yeah, yeah, Kathleen.
1: <laughs> um yeah, all I want to say about The Last of Us is the episode three was one of the standalone best episodes of... Ever. Recent memory. Not even 2023, uh, just recent memory of... Ron Swanson. That's Ron Swanson, baby. It's good
0: stuff. Yeah, so episode three was a standalone story that could have been a mini movie on its own that dropped Mm -hmm. on HBO Mm -hmm. that wasn't even connected to The Last of Us. Just give it that storyline and let it play off for an hour and 20 minutes or whatever it was and just sit back and enjoy it. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, I cried. It was
0: beautiful
1: yeah yeah all
0: right paul
3: all right so wait 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 popcorn yeah. i get to pick all, all right, right paul you're
0: can... up baby let's go <laughs> Woo, no all right yeah
3: there you <laughs> go uh, makes me happy all right i am going to talk about a recent drop this one's going to be netflix and It's blowing up for the people that's seen it, but I feel like it's not being talked about enough, and that is Blue Eye Samurai. It is animated, but don't bring your kids to watch it because it is adult as anything. It takes place in the Edo period, which is, I always thought it was pronounced Edo, but they pronounce it Edo in the show, so I'm like, well, I'm doing that now. So it's the late 1600s, early 1700s. I'm not 100% sure when the exact events of this take place. Uh, But it is a classic revenge tale. As most revenge tales start, not a great childhood. Um, Not going too much into it, but it is not hiding anything at all. It shows everything. And there's so many characters that are so unique and events happen that are like, oh my God, like what are they gonna choose? Which way are they gonna go? Um, and the character development in only eight episodes is actually pretty wild. They're about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour each episode. So it's nothing quick, but the voice acting, really great. The whole cast is star studded. It's insane.
2: Two questions for you. So it's it's dubbed, right?
3: Yes. It is. I don't I actually don't know If it was originally produced as English or uh, Japanese, but I listened to it in English and the voice acting, the voice acting was really good. It wasn't the best I've ever heard, but it was really good.
2: And did they queue it up for a season two or is this going to be a standalone season you think?
3: Okay. so they queued it up for a season two. and I would say that is my biggest criticism of the show actually is because I don't want to ruin too much, but the finale is is very good, but they queued it up so much for a season two. like if it got canceled and it didn't get renewed, I wouldn't put it in my top single seasons of all time due to the fact that the finale it's open ended. It's... Yeah, it's there's almost, a chance that, it, yeah, it, it's like we know Netflix, club. we
0: all know how Netflix mm-hmm. works here. Yeah, yeah.
3: so yeah. uh, really, really good 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with 17 critic reviews, and then 96 audience with over 500. So people love it. Um, again, even though it's animated, no kid subjects involved. It is just there's brutality, obviously, because it's about you know samurai and what it means to be a samurai or just hold the sword. And then it also goes into royalty at that time. So you actually kind of get the background of what goes on in the palace. And a big, big plot point is how women were viewed and just treated at that time. And it is just crazy. It's so entertaining. Character developments in eight episodes is wild. I didn't see a lot of it coming. So I think everybody here would really, really
0: enjoy it. Nice. It has definitely been blowing up on social media. I've been seeing it on TikTok, YouTube, everywhere. It's definitely making me want to watch. And I had no idea that it was even coming out until it came out Mm -hmm. and then it started getting all the hype. Yeah, exactly. And we're a freaking TV podcast and we didn't realize (laughs) it was coming. So, I mean, there are a lot of shows that end up happening just like that. And spoiler alert, maybe one of mine will be like that, too, if we get there. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Stay tuned
2: because this actually works flows really well off of Blue-eyed Samurai because I'm going to stay in the same vein of animation here and I'm going to hijack this because of, I'm basically talking to you Jimmy I this is this is Talk something I need you I need to pitch to you because I think you, like there's almost a 0% chance that you wouldn't love it so going off the back of Blue-eyed oh, Samurai we love anime over here at Binge Town tv minus kathleen which hard sell for kathleen but do not tune out for this because this is one of those mold breakers here and what i'm speaking about is what ended this year it's called attack on titan attack on titan is it's pretty much like a it's one of the most recognized global animes it's i would say it's near dbz level like it hit that point over the last like three so or so years um Damn. and it's Another really good selling point for it, it has almost none of the cringe of like mainstream anime that you would expect. So it's a very straightforward, um, straightforward story is not the right way to say it. It's a very, um, like anime is used as the medium, but is not like other anime. This story is all about mystery. It's kind of like sci-fi fantasy. I'll, I'll say that because if this was a live action show with this premise and this quality of writing, I think it would be one of the biggest shows on the planet right now. Um, it's currently sitting at a 95% critic, 95% audience. It has four seasons plus two movies. The movies work as part one and part two of, of a finale. And that just came out recently. We actually cover that on the podcast as well. So if you're interested in Attack on Titan coverage, we che- you can check us out at Benchtown. But this show is is crazy. It is gory. They pull no punches. You're never going to guess where this story goes. But to give you a little bit of a premise, specifically Kathleen, because I'm sure you probably don't know much about this world. It's set in a world where humanity is on the verge of extinction, and everybody that you know, everybody that's alive is encapsulated by three enormous circular walls. Think of it as like a huge city, right? Like an enormous city. The walls are skyscrapers, right? And humanity is on the last legs. There's not many people left. But what we do know is that if you leave the outside wall, the, the, the outermost wall, which is like the poorer area as you get in side closer to the center, it's richer areas, kind of like a class system like that. But if you leave that outside wall, the name of the show is called Attack on Titan. There are Titans out there. And what mm-hmm. they are are just giant, misshapen, mindless humans. Or not humans, but human-like creatures. Humanoids. All, humanoids. Yeah, yeah. If you look up pictures of them, you'll know you'll see it in a second. They they look creepy and all they do is walk around and eat any humans that come within range. And they're fast, they're strong, they're scary and bloody. Like they'll do anything to fuck you up. So this show is all about this group of survivors that are living inside this city and, and they're trying to get answers. So this is like a classic binge town show, right? Like, where did the Titans go? What's past the Titans outside the walls? Like, what's going on with the corrupt government and how do they know all these answers? And the part that really makes it, I guess, anime and more anime-like is that the way that the humans in this world fight back against the Titans when they are forced to is they have these machines that are basically like they shoot out like a like a hook. It lets you swing around like Spider-Man, right? Like you're swinging around, and the only way you can fight these giants is by like cutting them with these huge metal blades. You have to cut their heads off, basically. So, 99% of the people that come into contact with Titans die, so it's like very gory. Feels Game of Thrones-esque, especially early on with like main characters are there. They're like your favorites. They're dead in two seconds, right? It's like one of those kind of shows. But overall, like it's Again, it's one of the most popular animes in the world for a reason and it's just ending. The one thing I will say though about the ending is that it's pretty divisive where half the people absolutely love it, half the people hate it, but it's almost completely agreed upon that the journey to get there like the first four seasons are phenomenal. So, I'm in the where process do you sit? Of, Yeah, so I'm in the process of watching this actually right now. I didn't get to the huh? finale. Um I started binging it the second I knew that the the last movie came out and over the last like, month, I've watched all four seasons. Uh, I'm almost done the fourth season, so I'm kind of getting there. But it's been one of the best rides of any anime I've ever seen, and that's that's a lot coming from us. But yeah, I definitely recommend this. I think that you guys will love this. Kathleen, a to sell. Maybe, Jimmy, you give it your stamp of approval first, and we can rope her in there. But I think you'll love it. So once you're finished catching up on some One Piece, that should be your next project, Attack on Titan. Well,
0: hell yeah.
1: What do you watch on?
2: So... Attack on Titan. I think used to be on Netflix, but it's but it's not anymore. Now Crunchyroll is the main um, anime medium. It's on it Hulu, has, I believe. It's on I think Hulu it is too. On Hulu okay. now. yeah, yeah. So Hulu, Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll's pretty free, I think. But you, it's always ads. So mm. either way. It's I think Crunchyroll
3: just got bought out by a big company. But anyway, yeah, Attack on Titan. I remember when the first episodes were coming out and we were like, yo, you guys see this new anime? And to see how much it has grown and how global of a phenomenon it has become is insane. And I haven't even caught up all the way. I'm like Luke where I caught off to like season three and then haven't even been able to catch up through season four. And I can't imagine where it's going to go because you can from season to season is uh, it's just insane i absolutely love it and like luke just pretty much nailed the pitch it is so dramatic and so mysterious and entertaining at the same time and the action is just unmatched man
2: and just to give you one quick thing about the main character so you know what kind of story it is is when he was a young kid in episode one you find this out pretty quickly his mom gets eaten by a titan right in front of him and it turns him into this revenge i'm gonna fucking kill every titan in the world kind of person and you're following his journey a little bit and also like the corrupt government that's just classic tv right there and like a mystery dystopian setting all that stuff is what i really attach myself to and again there's no like weird like cringy anime weird stuff compared to other ones so like this is a really good uh launching point if you've never watched an anime before nice
0: Mm-hmm. yeah you convinced me Luke you've been telling me for a little bit to watch this show I have a blind spot for anime recently uh, Death Note was big for me to finally watch that and I'm excited to jump in on Attack on Titan when it's time it's mm-hmm. almost time I think I have some other things I need to catch up on Succession is definitely one of them too so yeah it's on the list 100% I can't wait Good stuff.
1: yeah we'll see Well, I got I watched Arcane and I loved Arcane so who's to say But
2: that's why you should trust us yeah (laughs) we would never send my life we would never send you the cringy animes that you'd be out in like two episodes i wouldn't even wouldn't even utter those words around you but this is not under that (laughs) category i think you would you would really enjoy this one if you couldn't get into it you know an episode i I always
1: think about when we did that patreon and kyle was pitching the volleyball anime and you guys talked about a volleyball anime for like 30 minutes and i was editing the podcast i was like i can't believe i have to live through this twice (laughs) (laughs) But it was it was good. I love the passion. I absolutely love the passion. But oh yeah. Okay, so my and second that's choice is one of
0: the best animes too, though, isn't it? It, it is. It's up there. right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. It just cracked me up. I love the passion from you boys. It's the best. Okay, so uh, my second choice is Shrinking on Apple TV.
0: Oh, I like it. Hey, Sorry, Paul.
1: Do. That was gonna be my first choice, um, but I gave it to Succession only because that was my absolute favorite of the year. Shrinking was an amazing, pleasant surprise. I saw people watching it. I'm not like, I know this isn't a sitcom. It's like a 30 minute type episode. Maybe the first one is longer, but 10 episodes really quick. Apple TV really has not disappointed me ever. Um, Shrinking has a 91 critics, 87 audience. And it's Jason Segel, who's a goat, absolute goat. He plays Mm -hmm. a therapist who's grieving his wife who passed away. It's heartwarming. It's hilarious. I laugh. I cried. It's just like a little romp about his life now after his wife. And my favorite part was that after the show, I couldn't stop thinking about how well the writers knew their characters. They were so lived in. And there's seven characters. It's him. Is one his two coworkers played by Jessica Williams and Harrison Ford, which is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Jessica Williams playing his coworker is so funny. So is Harrison Ford. He has a neighbor, a daughter, a patient, and a best friend, and all seven of them are so fleshed out, so perfect. Just I was so pleasantly surprised, and I can't stop pitching the show enough. I I was the easiest watch of the year for me, and by the end I was just like happy crying, and it was. Uh, picked up for a season two or else I would have nice pitched that on our single season episode we did on our what to watch next feed. But yeah, shrinking Apple TV, you won't be disappointed. It's so good. Jason Jason Siegel is like is a classic, man. He's oh, an yeah. instant classic. So yeah. Paul, I'll hand it to you since I, I stole that apparently. I didn't think <laughs> I was going to be stealing that from anybody.
3: Oh, oh that was in my back pocket. I was like, oh no one's gonna pick this. I think Kathleen's seen it, but she won't pick it. I'm yeah. glad that you actually picked it because you explained that way better than I could. Uh, You could honestly feel how excited you were talking about it and all the characters. It doesn't disappoint. I absolutely loved it. And it made me laugh out loud. Like Not a whole lot of shows do that lately, but it had its moments that were sad, yeah, but they were more like happy sad, kind of what you're talking about. But my God, I cracked up.
2: Is it unfiltered like Jason Siegel, like F bombs, oh, yeah. whatever he wants. Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Paul, Cause let me, I would, that's, that's the biggest thing about how I met your mother would have taken it to the totally. next level. Yeah. Totally. That's what I was
0: going to say, Paul, would you agree when I say that it's Marshall Erickson R rated because it's the same like kind of character, the same like Teddy bear heartwarming kind yes. of guy, but he's also being Marshall. If he was allowed to curse in how I met your mother mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh no, he's
3: phenomenal. It's, it reminds me a lot of his character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall just yeah, because yeah. he is the same, like, lovable dude. His typecast is that what you're saying, dude? Yeah, yeah, he's he, nah. he, no, <laughs>
1: he does the vampire thing too yeah, in this, yeah. doesn't he? Similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: So, which I, version
2: of his character would win in a fight? How I Met Your Mother, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, or Shrinking? Oh, well, well, we you know,
1: know how, I mother. Mother. how I Met Your Mother, we murder. know, the, <laughs> <with> the, yeah, all
3: <laughs> <Up laughs> the
2: murder train. It's
0: got to be him. <laughs>
1: All right, cool. So All right, me? Luke, seems like you're the only one who didn't watch, so that's on your list. And James, hit mm-hmm. it.
0: All right, Paul, I don't know. Am I going to steal another one from you? I'm nice. going with. Yeah. I'm good? I'm good. All right, yeah. you know I'm stealing. Maybe. Amazon Prime's Gen V. I have to mm-hmm. do it. I had a blast with this show. This spinoff from The Boys could have easily been just like hone it in, and we're going to make some money off of it. I didn't have high expectations for it. And it was up there in quality with the boys. And maybe you guys don't agree. And when I say you guys, I mean the listeners. But us at Benchtown had the boys at like top 5, top 10 of all time. And Gen V stuck it with that quality. Now, obviously, we're not going to put Gen V in the top 5, top 10 without giving it more seasons. But... This first season was phenomenal. You care about all these characters. Maybe a little hot take here. Maybe. I think I care more. And when I say care, I mean root for as protagonists are Gen V homies than the boys, the actual boys. Now, I'm not saying... You got a boo
2: sound on there? Boo. Yeah, I
0: yeah, know. It Ooh. might be a hot take. I'm not saying that the boys aren't cooler. I'm not saying that they're not... like I'm not comparing acting or anything, but I just feel like as... Soups that are quote-unquote good guys. I, I was rooting for them, and I felt like I was rooting for them more. It just it was a different feeling. I thought that they wrote mm-hmm. those characters very well. Rotten Tomatoes for Gen V was a little bit weird. 97% for critics and 76% for audience. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, not shocked, but it is definitely weird to me. I'm thinking that there is a shocking amount of people that watch Gen V without watching The Boys. I have seen mm-hmm. that all mm-hmm. over, Social media, which is crazy to me. You have to watch the boys. They perfectly created this show to bleed into season four of the boys, season three, Gen V, season four, and then I'll go back to Gen V, season two. It's the perfect example of how you can make a spin off, keep your universe going. I can't see how they don't just utilize this universe for as long as they want and keep hitting home runs. So, Gen V. I'm sorry I had to throw that hot take. Maybe we'll have to talk about that at another time, but that's my pick. <laughs> Love a good hot quick, take.
1: Quick question. Remind me of the boys' full is it fourth and final season?
0: Fifth season four. is final.
1: Fifth season is final. Okay. Gonna, they're gonna go my, five, my, yeah. My only take on Gen V, because I I'm so sorry. I did not listen to our coverage. I was like late on listening on watching Gen V. Um, I I think Jimmy, where you say you're like rooting, my take was they did an insane job of, you know, you're not rooting for the for the soups in the boys. The soups are the bad guys in the boys. But in this show, the soups are the good guys. Like, are like,
0: well, I'm yeah. obsessed so- with
1: the main characters. So, so it's actually kind of a conundrum they created. It's still the soups versus non-soups. But in this case, it's a total case of POV, right? We're in Marie's POV and she's a soup. And we're like, fuck yeah, she's a good soup. We love this girl. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're like, looking at Huey you're like yeah, yeah. must avenge that's that's you know? what i mean
0: i mean listen butcher kimiko starlight ooh yeah i'm rooting for them and they are my favorite characters from the boys yeah. but when i think of even especially emma marie jordan lee all of them together it just was refreshing to have a team of soups that were on the pure side all three of them not giving any spoilers for anything else, but all three of them were, and Andre were purely trying to do the right thing at most times.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: You watch Gen V uh you were talking about the quality
3: of the show doesn't drop from the boys they could literally pull like game of thrones where they have like two different storylines that don't interact that episode but they just cut to it back and forth and it would probably work obviously Mm -hmm. with timing with their script right now they couldn't do it but it doesn't skip a beat exactly what you were saying yeah amazing
2: i don't even consider it that separate from the boys it's the boys universe to me and totally and if thinking of it in that Vain, like it's still just top tier TV. And if you guys didn't hear the boys is getting another spinoff, it got greenlit. It's called the boys Mexico. So <laughs> I don't know why that location or what the what the context is around that. But Jimmy, I think Gen V wasn't enough marketing for the boys universe that they're literally calling this next one, the boys Mexico. So that'll be easier to transition fans from one to the other because yes what I was true. told was Gen v, Gen v is literally Gen is literally described as like the boys season three point five, then season four yeah, the boys 100%. are gonna come out. Then it's gonna be Gen V season two or the boys season four point five then the finale yep. at five. So I don't know when the boys Mexico's in there, but this is one of my favorite what do they call it? Um it's VCU the Vought Cinematic Universe or whatever it is like this is one of my favorite things over the last like 5 to 10 years that has been put out in media like this and Gen V just crushed it was one of my favorite things I watched this year
0: agreed Agreed. and now I'm going to hand it over to Paul (laughs) all right I already checked there's no booze but we can add any audio (laughs) we want to you bet your ass there's going to be some booze for the next recording (laughs) yeah that's dangerous
3: (laughs) don't give me that power keep me away from those buttons my backup now this is one of the biggest shows in the world so i don't even need to picture that much but ted lasso season three came out this year oh, march. nice it okay. came out in march and i'm a little confused about the reviews because it was 82 percent critic 77 percent audience with over a thousand reviews in the audience and honestly i feel like there's some anger that Season three is the last season, and that's why people Mm -hmm. are rating it so low. real salty, man. I thought it was amazing. I thought it wrapped it up beautifully. It obviously took everybody off guard that this was the end, but if you string it along, then it loses quality if if the passion is not behind it. So I thought it ended at a perfect spot with the character, Ted, and with the team, Richmond. And, yeah, if you don't know what it's about, a coach from the U.S., Who is all about good vibes? A successful high school football coach goes over to England to be the head coach of a Premier League soccer, AKA football team. And he's a big joke. Nobody takes him seriously. Players don't even take him seriously. But over time, he wins everybody over. He's just the nicest guy in the world. And. You walk away feeling good every time. I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to say bad stuff, but, you know, some dark stuff. There's, there's like unpleasant storylines, but it's still good story mm-hmm. behind it. Um, So it's not just like la-di-da the whole time. And I don't know. I, there's not a whole lot to say. I think you guys listening... All have seen an ad for it somewhere, or at least heard somebody talking about it because it blew up season two, and then especially season three. So loved it. Um I still sing some of the chants in my head whenever I'm playing FIFA <laughs> Pro clubs now and stuff like that. And I see, you know, Jamie Tart characters all in FIFA yeah. that people take um create. So it definitely has a huge impact.
1: I saw a lot of uh, critiques on Ted Lasso, season three. So I'm not surprised by the 77 for the audience. I think.
2: Was it writing people, or like like plot?
1: Uh, it was plot. And I think they were just kind of saying it wasn't going anywhere and it was all floof. Mm-hmm. But that's why you go watch Ted Lasso. I mean, there was I think it started stronger than it ended for sure. But you go to Ted Lasso to feel great like Paul said you go to smile you don't go for a shakespearean play just relax and <laughs> enjoy it what the fuck so i'm i'm on your side paul I, I i loved it i mean it was again one of those things that i was seated every week to watch ted lasso with my girlfriend it was mm-hmm. it was one of our favorite episodes of the week it was great so
0: did you see you it jimmy no i haven't seen it yet it was another one <laughs> of those shows that because it was apple tv when it first <laughs> came out it was pre Severance and all of that, when I didn't get Apple TV yet. And I've been following Severance, Silo, all those newer shows coming out. And I haven't gone back into the catalog yet. But Ted Lasso, again, I have a lot. I have a long list. I don't know where you're Ted Lasso bum. is on that list. I'll help bum. you prioritize. I, off pod. I got you. Yeah, you're yeah, such right. a bomb.
2: <laughs> so, for my last recommendation, and I didn't even realize I did this when I was putting them down, I have another animated show that we also are currently covering. And I'm going to pick Amazon's Invincible. So this show is currently in the middle of dropping the second season. What they do is there's eight episodes in the first season, eight episodes in the second season. We are through four episodes, so they're going through a couple-month hiatus before dropping the second part of season two. So that'll be out early 2024. So it's a perfect time to jump in and catch up because this show, right now, it's sitting at 99% critic, 88% audience. And this is a show that's pulled directly from a comic with the same name, Invincible Completed Project. So it has that source material to pull from. And basically what this show is, if you haven't heard it, you're Living Under a Rock, because even like uh, Amazon owning Thursday Night Football and promoting it, I think it's been a little bit more mainstream than it was in the past because of all the marketing they're throwing into it. But what this show essentially is, is the boys... Where it's like a world with superheroes, superpowers, but in a more animated and um, I want to say less focused on politics, more focused on the craziness of this world that it exists in where everybody can have superpowers. But then on top of that, there's aliens involved and there's monsters and there's Atlantis and then there's Martians. There's everything you could think about in pop culture is somehow involved in Invincible, in Invincible, which makes it so fun. Because the writing is just, you can't put a box around it. You can do whatever you want. And that's not even the reason that I love it. You, you people, people come to it for the premise, and it's just, they stay for the writing, honestly. It's one of the best written shows, I think, currently going on TV. And that feels weird to say about an animated show when we're living in a time with HBO and Netflix being juggernauts. But this show has some of the cleanest, best writing I've ever seen. And also, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think it might be the best voice acted show of all time. Um, So I'll just, I'll just throw some of the names out there just to give you some idea. Look up the IMDb cast of invincible and you will recognize every name, every face on there as somebody that's been in some movie or show. But some of the headliners are JK Simmons, um, Steven Ewan, who plays Glenn from the walking dead. Sandra Oh is a main character. Seth Rogen, who also is an executive producer. So he's very involved behind the scenes mark hamill sounds exactly like his usher character which is (laughs) fantastic zazie beats like the list is insane like when i first saw the show come out i saw this this is like an a-list you would have thought this was like a scorsese movie right based on who's in this but these guys give some of the best performances of animation so them alone is just worth watching the show but it's very realistic and gory and bloody and they kill people and the just the the drawings are amazing i don't want to go too far into it because of spoilers but the pilot itself has one of the best ending plot twists of the first episode that got me hooked instantly that i've seen in a really long time so invincible is perfect time to jump in we're about to pick up with the second half of season two early 2024 so now's the time and you can check out our coverage for the first half of season two at (laughs) Benchdown. only saw
3: season one thought it was amazing but exactly what luke said at the end of episode one oh my god immediately hooked if you weren't happy at the end of that one or weren't pulled in, I don't know what to tell you, but th- mm-hmm. I just think it is incredible.
0: This show is one of the best shows, like Luke said, and if it was live action, it would be I don't want to say like Game of Thrones, but maybe. Who knows? It would be at the very top of Prestige TV. You need to watch this. And there are major rumors. I don't know if it was greenlit, but there are rumors that they are going to do a live-action version of the show. And there's no reason to do that because this version is so good. The only reason to do it is because they want to utilize live-action to make it popular and make money. Mm -hmm. And hey, more content, I'm down with it, but... They are recognizing how good Invincible is, and they're knowing that if it was live action, unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Animated isn't as popular as live action. It would be huge. And not saying it's not huge right now, but it would be enormous if it was a good live action show. We'll see if that happens.
2: And season three already greenlit, so we're full steam ahead.
0: And also Robert Kirkman, the writer of Invincible, The Walking Dead as well, he already came out and said there won't be these big time gaps in between seasons from now on he he was saying Mm -hmm. that they would hope to get a new season every single year instead of how they had the big gap between season one and two so that's another good thing to look forward to yep
1: all right so my last pick i'm between two i'm going to say both i'm not going to explain both but just because i know no one's going to pick the other one so it was between yellow jacket season two and what we do in the shadows season five I'm going to give it to Yellow Jackets, mostly because I want to defend it and also because we need to talk about this Rotten Tomatoes. 94 critics, 39 audience. Holy for season Christ. two. That's
0: a, really? That's the audience, man. That's the toxic audience that... that shit. Yeah.
1: So I didn't even prepare anything for Yellow Jackets. So for anyone who hasn't seen it, it cuts between the nineties and current day, two different timelines. In the 90s timeline, a high school state champion soccer team is going to nationals. Their plane crashes. They have to survive in the wilderness. Bad things ensue. And then in 2022, they are adults, but you only see a few of them because not everyone survived. And there's all this drama happening from then, from back then, and like kind of spooky, maybe sci fi stuff. We're not sure. It's amazing. Like it pulls from Lost, it pulls from all these like incredible shows. Plane crashes are just so fucking intriguing. You can't help but watch. (laughs) Basically, all women are non-binary cast. I'm obsessed. Uh, Star-studded. Shout out Melanie Linsky again, Mm -hmm. just because. But uh, Yellow Jacket season two, I think people thought went off the rails a little bit. And I'm not saying it was as strong as season one, but it's not a 39. And this show is fucking fun. It is so fun. We covered it on the podcast. Again, such a fun podcast show. So much so many theories and I don't know, like it's, it's awesome. The girls, man, like we're just hanging out. We love the girls and I'm so annoyed at people who hated season two. Um, So I hope season three comes back with a vengeance and throws up a big middle finger and we get like a absolute banger of a season three. I think we have five seasons confirmed. Yeah. As is the plan, which we think it's a little too long. We were hoping more of like a three or a four, but Right now, we're in the middle of them being in the wilderness, and eventually, we'll see them get out. So Fill in
0: the blanks. Yeah. Fill in those blanks. Yeah, It was exactly. one of the most fun I've ever had doing theories for a TV show. Gen V was actually up there. I had a lot of fun with that. But Yellow Jackets, to be honest, theory-wise, is, is in another level. I wasn't even on the podcast. One time, I jumped on with Kathleen to talk theories because I just need to spit yeah. it out. And he, and mm-hmm. on our extra YouTube channel, Town Entertainment... I think it's actually labeled Bingetown TV now because we have Bingetown TV podcast channel and then Bingetown TV where we just post whatever we want. And on that, I had to post, I don't even know. I think it was like five or six Yellow Jacket theories. And it was so fun. It was before we created the Discord. So everyone commenting, that was where I was getting my, my fill with people saying, oh, that's awesome. That sucks. That's great. You know, it was awesome. I had such a good time with Yellow Jackets. Give it a try. If it's not for you, it's not for you, but there's a good chance it's probably going to be for you.
2: It's one of the more fun shows that I've watching experiences that I've had in a long time, and I think that plays right to what you're saying, Jimmy. Like, the mystery writing around this show is so intriguing and makes you play click play next. Uh, but, Kathleen, you nailed it. You said everything I wanted to say about it. I'll just add that the music soundtrack is fantastic Ooh, for yeah. this show, too, which yeah, I, yeah. I love. We we Insane quoted it, like, drops. the other day, like, a week ago with... Uh, Jimmy, was it you that sent the um yeah, the Papa, last, Roach. Yeah. Papa Roach? Yeah, Papa Roach. I was like, Yeah, we're still talking about it, man. It's great. Do they
1: have a zombie Can't... button on, on the podcast thing, Jimmy, to play start playing zombies?
2: I
0: want to start putting uh Papa Roach <laughs> on whenever we need it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Right before that's gonna be our intro to the podcast from now on. Just a little Papa Roach, get ready to go. All right, is it me? Cool. My turn? Yep. All right, Paul, me and you, let's tag team this next one. Um, I'm going to actually pick Fall of the House of Usher. I'm going on the recency bias. This was another one that we had a blast covering. I'll just throw a straight-up description from online for you guys. I don't want to try to describe too much. I don't want to spoil anything. But basically, siblings Roderick and Madeline Usher have built a pharmaceutical company into an empire of wealth, privilege, and power. However, secrets come to light when their heirs to the Usher family start dying. Okay, there's the subject matter. But Mike Flanagan, he has been on an unprecedented run that unfortunately is over because he is gone from Netflix. He's moved on to Amazon. Netflix, big, big, big loss. Amazon, big thumbs up. He had four out of five series in a row that wasn't sequels. It was all straight-up original stories that he created. You know, they were based off... Other work, but they were his stories. Four out of five, nailed them all. And this is the last one that he did this year, Fall of the House of Usher. Personally, I have it as my number two out of his five. Haunting of Hill House is number one. Fall of the House of Usher is number two. If anybody's a fan of Mike Flanagan, you know the deal. He is technically horror. And yes, there's jump scares and there's certain goriness to it. But he's always about the writing, the characters, the acting in this show. My gosh, Luke already brought up Mark Hamill. We already know how good of a voice actor Mark Hamill is from the Joker and other stuff he's done. Well, he uses voice acting along with his actual great acting and creates an awesome character. Bruce Greenwood as the the big dog, you know, uh, Roddy Usher. He is another amazing uh, actor for this show. And we talked about on the podcast the fact that he had to be rewritten and rebrought in in post-production after the original actor left. Unbelievable. Rotten Tomatoes, 90 for the audience, 80 for the critics. So that's a pretty damn good score. Guys, just check it out. I mean, go on Netflix, watch all of Mike Flanagan stuff if you can. You don't need to watch Midnight Club because, unfortunately, that was canceled. But Mike Flanagan's such a cool dude that he gave us the ending anyway, and we even potted on what he was going to make the ending. Mm-hmm. But listen, this show was awesome. Paul, if you want to jump in or just move to your next one, whatever you want, it's up to you. Uh, I'll just say
3: that we did a Mike Flanagan character draft and a lot of characters from Fall of the House of Usher went first. We are obviously huge fans of the show. And I mean, in Mike Flanagan in general, he we created the gang gang group because of all the <laughs> Mike Flanagan. The gang gans. Yeah. The Flannies. And uh, I mean, I've told this a bunch before on the pod, but when I started this, I somehow accidentally started on episode four. And I thought it was episode. I mean, I was like classic Mike Flanagan throwing us right in the story. This is so good. So many mysteries <laughs> to find out. Like, I thought it was the first episode because he's that good. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's that's silly. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. loyal cast kills it. Carla Gugino, Raul Coley, Kate Siegel. I mean, mm. come on. If you know Mike Flanagan, his loyal cast is back. And let's add Willa Fitzgerald as hopefully a new loyal member of his cast. I mean, lover, so hell
3: yeah. Also, if you're a big Edgar Allan Poe fan, like big uh, English history buff or whatever, this is all basically an ode to him.
2: I don't know what it is about Flanagan, but he just knows how to speak to me when he writes shows, and he's just, (laughs) I will never not watch something that he makes. Um, But yeah, House of the Austria was definitely one of the best shows I watched this year. And now,
0: I'm going to pass it to Paul.
3: Thanks, Jimmy. All right. (laughs) I'm going to cap this off with Silo. This is an Apple TV show. Like you, we were saying it all episode, all recording. I couldn't wait to watch this when it dropped. I forgot what day it was. It was like Wednesdays or something crazy. And I'm like, all right, I'm clearing my plan because I need to watch this. It had 88% uh, critics, 61% audience, which there might be some book reviewers in there because it Mm -hmm. was originally a book series first we had the author Hugh Howie we've been able to talk to him twice now about this show because it was so he's so cool and wants to come on and just spread the love and we loved it so much Um, the premise real quick is everybody left on earth lives in this silo it's an underground bunker and they don't know their history they don't know how they got there they don't know what happened all they know is that they live in this silo and there's a big machine on the bottom that keeps it running and their job is to keep that machine running otherwise everybody dies and the people on the bottom that take care of the machine They're kind of considered like low class, like blue collar. There is like hierarchy in between the levels of the silo. And the whole thing is you can't go out of the silo because the earth is poison. Whatever happened, you can't go out there. Amazing mystery. The theories are out of this world. Star-studded cast. Rebecca Ferguson leads it. She was amazing. And I loved it. It was set up for season two. And I cannot wait Mm -hmm. for season two.
0: Don't you just dare walk away without saying Tim Robbins.
3: Tim Robbins. Common. Robin, Tim Ro- Robbins are common. common. Tim one of my Robbins favorite, are common. One of my favorite <laughs> games was to listen to Binge Town's coverage and play. Robbins are common.
0: <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that you. Did most of the talking, Paul, because I think I recommended it already twice on our What Should I Watch pod because I loved it so much. I said it every single time. For me, it was one of the biggest surprises of the year. I was looking for shows that we could cover, saw a trailer, said, What the heck is this? Never read the books. I sent it to you, to the guys and girl, Kathleen, on the pod and said, You guys want to cover this? And we ended up covering no. it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they said no, and I got someone else to cover with me. <laughs> Tyler, shout to you. And it ended up being one of the best shows of the year. Perfect blend for Bingetown TV of a sci-fi and mystery, like Paul said. Rebecca Ferguson, Tim Robbins, David Oyelowo. Ugh, I wish I could say Nailed that better. It. Rashida Jones. We have this book adaptation where Hugh Howie is involved. He is the author of the books. He is involved fully. He loves it. He talked to us twice. They have a beginning and an end ready to go because they have the book series. It's like comparing Game of Thrones. You know, everything was great while they still had the book material. And then they lost the book material when George R. R. Martin wasn't finishing. And then it went off the rails. Well, Silo has that beginning and that end. So we're good to go there. The big mystery that everyone thinks is what's going on outside the Silo. But Hugh himself on the podcast told us, yes, that's very intriguing but think about what's going on inside the silo too, which is a lot of the story. So this was a great show. I had a blast covering it. And yeah, I don't know what the deal is with the 61% audience. Maybe it was book readers not happy with a direct adaptation. A lot of people were saying that it was a little confusing, but that's why I like doing explanation videos and theories. And I don't think once they give you the answer, I don't think it was that confusing. But the last thing I will say is that this show is one season right now. There are a lot of mysteries. You're going to be like, what the heck is going on? Maybe that's why people said 61%. But I will say, at the end of season one, you will get answers. You will get enough answers where you will feel confident that they are going to answer your questions by the end of this show. I loved it. Check it out. Silo, it was a
2: boom. Great solo. cliffhanger. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes, Like regardless of how I feel mm-hmm. about the show, which I really like. The final scene of season one was so good. All Agreed. right, guys, that's it. Well, honorable mentions so, real quick, just so we don't. Oh, yes. Let's throw some fire with people. no
1: explanation.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go first because I just want to go. Um, hurt my heart not to be able to include live action of One Piece and the oh, movie of yeah. The Last Kingdom, which the show itself was more of our side of how much we love, but the movie came out this year. And then my third one, I'm a diehard Black Mirror fan, and I thought the new mm. season that came out this year had some great one-off episodes.
1: Yeah, it did. I already said mine, which was What We Do in the Shadows, Season Mm -hmm. 5. All rise, baby. It's just getting better and better every season.
0: Honestly, I'm glad you said One Piece, Luke, because I was joking that... I don't even know if I said it on the pod, but in my head I was saying it, so I got some headcanon here, that the curse (laughs) was broken for The Last of Us, where... Video game adaptations just were awful over and Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Especially live action. I keep bringing up Arcane. I don't count that because it's not live action. Anime adaptations. My goodness. One Piece broke that curse. It was such a delight. I had such a good time with One Piece. And it perfectly came out while I was starting my One Piece read.
2: I had such a good
0: time with it. One Piece, I'm glad we talked about it. I don't really have any other honorable mentions. I want to bring up Loki. I didn't even get a chance to watch it, but I just want to bring it up because so many people were having so much fun with it and thought it was amazing after how the MCU has been not good Mm -hmm. lately. so
1: I'm laughing at you giving that an honorable mention and you didn't watch (laughs) it.
0: I got to say it. It's on a lot of people's lists, so I want to make sure it's brought up. (laughs) I didn't have
2: any. And Peaky Blinders season six was last year, right?
1: Yes. Oh my god, that would have been on the list.
2: Yeah, because if was it wasn't excellent. exactly, exactly. But that
1: was a great list. So thanks for joining us. And we are Binge Town TV.
0: And thank you so much for watching and listening.
1: <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.